You're listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. Greetings, movie fans. You're all very welcome to The Big Reviewski with Omniplex Cinemas and my Omnipass. My name is Owen Doherty, and this week I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by three of the fruitiest film friends a boy could ever wish for. Mm. Please welcome <laughs> Justine Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has to. Rory Cashin and Paul Moore. <laughs> Paul? <laughs> that works. Oh. A solitary ew. No, uh, uh, just a little bit. Yeah. Paul, you weren't here last week. It's great to have you back. Um, you did miss a particularly <laughs> fruity episode I of the show. I watched, <laughs> I watched it. was uh, fruitalicious. Yeah, and did anybody get back to you? Because, like, yeah. I was of the opinion that uh, fruity meant that you were kind flirty. of being a little bit flirty with somebody. Yeah, no, I've asked all of my friends <laughs> and all three of them <laughs> yeah. said no. No, it's not it's a thing. It's a no from us. Roy, no. Paul? No, but we're two of the three friends. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did ask me as well. That's I right. Did, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. My okay. mind just went to pina coladas and stuff like that when you oh. said fruity. That's my instance. In okay. That's a good thing to go to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no one else got in touch to kind of support my theory that no. fruity men flirting. No. So it looks like I was wrong. First time for everything, that's fine. Um, yeah. I'd like to say we've got <laughs> an amazing show coming up for you, but I actually, I don't know who our special guests are this week because we've actually got a very special big question on the big review ski. Mm-hmm. Uh, more on that a little bit later. What we do have though, even though it does say it, it does say it now on the screen, <laughs> it does say big question. Um, we also have reviews of Spider-Man Far From Home and Yesterday, which you know Justine is very excited oh, about. Uh, and we also have some tickets to give away to see Annabelle Comes Home, the 37th film in the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the big Refrutsky. No. Yeah. Oh. Have you ever tweeted? Have you ever really wanted you can to tweet it? Like, like pinpoint the exact moments your friendship ended. Yeah. <laughs> At Big Review Ski. Or you can get in touch on Instagram and don't forget to subscribe as well because why wouldn't you want to? Um, Jokes like that, that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. It was rhetorical, but for, thanks for saying <laughs> it to the audience as well. Uh, um, so, first, it's time for this week's big question on the Big Review Ski. And for this week's big question, it's over to Roy Geshen. Oh, okay. Um, good. Isn't it? Probably. That's what it says here. Sure well, is. you know, you, you just that one mistake. <laughs> who knows? So. Who knows? Well, since we're six months in now, officially, um, I thought it would be a good time to, to look back over 2019 so far. Uh, and for us all to talk about who we think the best guest is we've had on the show so far. Be it like a whole interview or... Specific moments. I was just wondering who who you know who you would all have picked. So we've been blessed, we have. blessed um, to have some amazing guests. Mm. Um, all the way back from the start of the year, we had everybody after three. Our favorite, our favorite director's name. Oh yeah, your your after two, oh. three. Jorgos Um That sounds a bit culty. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Blessed be Jorgos Lanthimos. Um, That's the he's got a restraining order. We'll yeah. never, ever chat to that guy. Yeah. And he's lovely as well. Yeah. I've already chatted to him as well. But You'll apart never from want him, to see him again. we've had like uh, gazillions of other... I think we've had Samuel L. Jackson about 14 times. He is a, he's a, a recurring guest. Yeah. He keeps behind it. Yeah, we keep him out the back. So uh, we'll get to you very soon, Sam. But uh, who did you go for, Roy? Who was your favourite? Ryan Reynolds. 
Oh, that was easy. Yeah. Knew it. I bloody okay. knew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. There was. <laughs> there he is. There was some. Uh, some. I enjoyed that interview because he it was exactly what I hoped uh, chatting to Ryan Reynolds would be. Um, I I've said this to you before, and if anyone out there is watching this and they're in charge of the next Ryan Reynolds movie, I have an amazing. First question I want to ask him, but I couldn't ask him for this because this was a kids' film. Oh, so there is this. There's like a, a long build-up for so a question I have to interview. ask. Yeah, have you got? Because I feel it will, it will do. It will be really funny, and he'll he'll appreciate it <laughs> because he 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 he's, <laughs> he, he loves funny it. Guy. This sounds a little bit desperate, but it's fine. So is this like an 18 rated question? It's the kids aren't it's allowed fairly to innuendo-y. Okay. It's pretty Should heavy it even be asked with cameras in the room? Is this more of a question between you and Ryan Reynolds? If, if, listen, if Ryan and I, if he wants to just talk to me one-on-one -on -one with no cameras, <laughs> is, who am I to say now? This is descending into... Or with, oh, like, just one camera? Yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. Okay, what, what, what have you got here? What clip have yeah. you got here? Oh, the clip here is him talking about... Uh, the, uh, the kind of Deadpool-y nature of Pikachu and... Him agreeing that Pikachu is a very, very, as he uses, snuggly character. And the way he says snuggly makes me think he snuggles a lot. Look into a place that they wouldn't even animate. They were just like, we're, well, we're just not going to. It's going to blur your mouth. Yeah, but there was one controversial joke that I felt was fine for a movie of this caliber, for an all-audience kind of movie, but um, it got a little controversial behind the scenes. It was a big debate internally at Warner Brothers okay. about this one joke, but it... Worked out. They didn't. Uh, they didn't use it. But maybe they'll have it on the on the. Oh, they didn't use it because I thought it might have been the birth canal joke. Because that was no. It brilliant. pushes. It pushed it a little bit more than that. But it was more about letting the audience use their own imagination rather than me actually saying the thing that was in front of me. So it's fun because Pikachu just sort of has a running commentary over everything that he's doing. Yeah. All over. He's kind of in a way sort of like a version of Deadpool in which, but that like everyone can see. And a bit cuddlier so, yeah, than Deadpool too. So, you know, I was actually going to pick that very clip, Rory, because, mm. but specifically oh. even for that opening scene of just that moment whereby Reynolds, <laughs> Orion Reynolds. <laughs> hey, Reynolds. <laughs> hey. What, Stafford? That's, that's now you're Stafford in Rory's hands. <laughs> yeah. No, because, like, he's beautiful, do you know? And I did pick him as the person I wanted to go, like, up there who I'd go for points with. It was him and Amy, Amy Schumer. Course. Yeah. But anyway, I would have picked it just for that opening moment of him being like, try not to fall into my lap and... How you even conducted the rest of the interview still not in his lap. Me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Disappointingly uh, yeah. for you. So who did you go for so instead? I was considering picking someone that I had interviewed who was Bo Burnham, but I just was not happy with how much I fangirled. Uh, like not Rory my with Brian Yeah, <laughs> with Rory, with everyone. The <laughs> he knows what their next date location so, is there. Yeah. <laughs> he knows so, what he's ordering and everything. Yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights for me, but the other highlight in interviews that I've watched had to be watching Rory witness the breakdown of Paul Rudd on screen as he tries to oh, conduct yeah. an interview alongside Scarlett mm -hmm. Johansson because it is beautiful. Just seeing that man <laughs> start to realise, I don't want to be here any longer. It's so beautiful. Just to see him describing the bar that, this scene here is just beautiful. So this was uh, Scarlett Johansson, Paul Rudd for Avengers Endgame, which is actually coming back in cinemas mm. uh, this week as well. Didn't make enough money last Just time. not enough oh, money. No. So just help that production really get over the line. But um, yeah, this was hilarious because loads of people in the comments for this video are like, 
Scarlett Johansson and Paul Rudd make an amazing mm-hmm. pair. Mm-hmm. They're so good together, chemistry-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's something about Paul Rudd. You can look knock it on with Paul Rudd. No, I know. Like, like any, you would have to be an absolute so-and-so not to enjoy Paul Rudd's company. Yeah, but it's the like... The views <laughs> on that video says that I was like, people are watching that being like, oh my God. But like, look in his eyes. It's when she's like saying she has to get an invite to the bar. And he's like, there now. now yeah. You're happy now. You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not happy. <laughs> so this is Fantastic. Paul Rudd humoring Scarlett <laughs> in Paul's as we all heard, really. <laughs> in Roy's interview for Avengers Endgame. He hasn't invited you over to his Irish pub in his house. Oh, I thought you said he got an Irish. Uh, what is yeah, it? I did. They gave me an honorary, like an Irishman. I have a, I have a, a, cer- a certification. Uh, and it's hanging on the wall in my house. I, oh, at your bar? Yeah. I haven't been to his bar. I've never been to his house. Where's my invitation? Oh my God, I'm giving it to you right now. <laughs> well, no, on now it's after the fact. No. It's after the fact. I don't want it, okay? Oh, I don't want it. it. I'm moving well, my arm away, I'm done. <laughs> oh, speaking man. of I'm gonna go drink in my own bar. Where was your invitation for him for your bar? Well, I haven't made it yet. Okay. The bar. Future tense. Yeah, so. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> speaking of potentially a good time, tell me, tell me, please tell me, what the biggest film, one of the biggest films of all time, did it also have the biggest rap party? Where is our rap party? Honestly, where is the rap party? It's a great question. Come on, Disney, what's up with that? I would pay good money to go to Paul Rudd's bar and see it and check yes. it out. Yeah. Spend like... Mm. An evening drinking with him and his friends. Yeah, and not Scarlett. Oh no, I I'd, I'd be delighted if Scarlett was <laughs> I mean, there. Yeah. I'd be over like the moon if they worked out whatever these problems are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To get the invite, you were kind then. of like a mediator between the other. I felt watching that. I was like, he is like counselor. Tr- yeah, right. <laughs> well done. Yeah. I, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. You kept the Avengers together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why they're back in cinemas this week, all because of you. Uh, Paul, who did you go for? Unlike Justine, I'm a massive narcissist, so I'm going to go for, <laughs> yeah, go for I'm going to go for myself. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I'm open to admit it. Yeah, you're honest. That's exactly. Um, but this one uh, was my chat with Kevin Costner, who I, I always admired, grew up watching this wonderful mullet in Robin Hood when I was a kid, one of my earliest things I remember. And I'm just going for this because uh, we've all done interviews, and usually you're given like when you never do these, you kind of look to camera, you chat to them, you obviously engage, but there's always people in the room who are like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. But uh, we actually, he was actually lovely, lovely to chat though. I was a bit afraid because, Jesus, I'm, it's Kevin Costner, he's an Oscar mm. winner. And I'm always a bit of a bit nervous, that's probably why I look, even on camera now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was lovely, and he, uh, he talked to me about a project that he really has a, a lot of passion for, kind of come across the interview, which is a Michael Collins film. He wanted to do, in the 90s he lived here, and uh, like his, the people behind the camera like wrap up the interview and he said and he kind of like no I want to keep talking I get the impression and it very seldom happens because you kind of get the formulaic answer on these junkets because they're tired and they hear the same questions over and over but I get the impression he could have stayed in that room for 10 minutes not talking about to me <laughs> just because he liked the idea of that here he is chatting about that I wanted to make the Michael Collins story I still do um, um, it was made by another uh, not the story I was going to mm-hmm. make but I I loved I love the epic notion of Michael Collins, and I'd still like to make that movie someday. There was I found him a, an incredible character who was compromised by politics, yeah. and and also people that outlive you can can talk about you and write about you and can just you know. But I think his story's coming up more and more yeah. as as a as a person of. You know, just unfortunately, with the political really, climate in Ireland, it actually is. Yeah, it's very relevant that kind of. He's a dynamic. Was a dynamic person, caught in politics, and for me, and and so Michael Collins. Uh, that's why I went there. 
there was a, an, an ending line that was all, God, Ireland, I love you. That was his last time. Now, that was a fictitious moment in the movie, but I think it encapsulized who he was. Yeah. You know, God, Ireland, I love you. You know, I was just, I, that, that always affected me. That would be an amazing film if Kevin Costner does he want does he want to play Michael Collins yeah, in the film as well? I, but he's like he's directed as well, so I think he might be a bit old now. I think he could be, mm. but like he has the clue. He could do. He can pretty much get anything off the ground. Like he is an Oscar winner, and uh, yeah, Kevin Costner winner. Kevin Cos- nice, Costner. Does it? Can yeah. you not give mark yourself down for that yeah, one? Yeah, no? I expected more. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, that's like really disappointed. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Give yourself an X, please. No. It's the only no. way you'll learn. Like you're dog. You're so, you're so <laughs> nice, and then you said no. No, I didn't. You said give yourself an X. <laughs> what? So we're going to bring him to uh, the bar, get him, Scarlett Johansson, Paul Rudd drinking, and they're going to make that film. They're going to yeah. sort their problems out. Exactly. Actually, I'd like to see a film with Kevin Costner as the dad D, and as. Paul Rudd and oh. Ryan Reynolds as the two brothers. Wouldn't that work? Don't talk to him. Wouldn't that work? Um, I take back what I said to you. That was on <laughs> So the one that I went for is, I haven't done any interviews this year because I've been locked in this studio, but that's fine. With Sam um, Jackson? With Sam, <laughs> me and Sam <laughs> Jackson. We're very happy together. <laughs> um, not a euphemism. Um, I'd watch that film. <laughs> we, um, we have had some amazing interviews throughout the year, but I've also gone for an Avengers Endgame clip. Um, and it was the interview with Chris Hemsworth. All right. And it's not just because of his incredible ability to wear a cardigan. Mm-hmm. That is was, quite the cardigan. It's yeah. phenomenal. Like Cardi B. I even made the <laughs> I even made the mistake of thinking that I was like, would I would I get a would cardigan I? like that? Yeah. No, you'd would look like a, you'd look like a ninety year old <laughs> granny in that. <laughs> I think I'd look like a nineteen seventy serial killer if I wore one of those uh, oh, okay. those cardigans. Well, but um, but. Not only uh, for his cardigan wearing ability, it was also because he was genuinely so interesting and seemed lovely uh, Mm. to talk to, but gave really thoughtful answers whenever you were talking to him as well. And obviously whenever you were talking to him, Rory, it was before the film came out and the character of Thor got a massive reaction uh, because of the way it was portrayed, the way he was portrayed. And one of the questions you asked him, and this is the clip we have here, was... um, how he feels about the changes that he's gone through. The, as I found out later, oddly worded, big changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Which was like kind of prophetic in terms of... Rory's that good, he can even, he can even <laughs> yeah. predict what's happened. I hadn't seen the film yeah, at that point. It was, one of the, it was one of the few films, because as we've all done interviews, the, the rule of thumb is you see the film before... Mm-hmm. You talk to them, because yeah. otherwise you're like, hmm? But because mm-hmm. the Russo brothers are so secretive, nobody in the world saw it before doing the interviews, um, apart from the cast. But, I don't even uh, know if they did. Mm. Maybe, 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 maybe they did. didn't. But, uh, but it either it kind of adds more to his answer when you watch it back, having seen the film, seen uh, the character, uh, which, as you said, you know, went through these big changes and uh, kind of the reaction that that's had uh, online since the release of the film then as well. So this is Chris Hemsworth uh, talking about uh, his character Thor in Avengers Endgame. Uh, you played Thor now uh, for five different directors, uh, yeah, which yeah. is something that like outside of, I guess, the MCU, a lot of actors don't get to, to do unless yeah. it's like James Bond. Sure. Um, do you find yourself having a bit of ownership over who he is or do you give yourself over completely to what the director's vision is? Um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. The first three, four films, um, I felt like I completely gave myself over to sort of whatever their vision was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had, uh, you know, some, some hugely positive things come from that, you know. But also I think looking back, I wish I'd spoken up at different times and kind of, and then by the third thought, that was the first time I'd really kind of had a bigger voice and a bit of confidence in sort of what my creative sort of spin on it would be. Mm-hmm. And luckily it was in the same lane as what Taika wanted to do with that movie and um, and also the producers were ready for something new and so it was it was great and that gave me a greater sense of confidence coming into Infinity War and this and um, if only I came in to those films and I, I was very protective of what the new Thor was and and I said I don't want to go back to the old Thor and I want to keep doing this and so on and and then they said well we've got something different for you again and and at first I sort of hesitated and I thought oh no I'm going to lose control of it but did sort of give into it and then it became this wonderful collaboration and I feel like it, I did something very different in, in Infinity War and in this film than I had done before. And so it's always a, it's a balance. It's a tricky know? line, yeah. yeah. While that clip was playing and nobody was listening or watching it, um, a very serious debate was happening here in mm-hmm. studio whether what you go for Ryan Reynolds or Chris Hemsworth and your vote? Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Chris. Chris? Paul Rudd. Paul yeah. Rudd all the way. Oh, and Scarlett Johansson in. That's sort of. No, just Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. Who would yours be? Out of Hemsworth and <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds? Mm-hmm. God, Hemsworth. Great. I have for myself. Well, that's that sort we'll of them, We'll let them know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I uh, also <laughs> love that uh, full interview on well, because you can see Hemsworth absolutely loves the characters of Korg and Meek in the whole thing. You can that's see it right. on YouTube. Mm. And obviously Korg <clears throat> is the greatest character in the MCU universe. So I love course, that. Of course, obviously. Uh, in the no, Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Um, I can't wait for Deadpool's cameo appearance in Supersonic 2. Because then I'll get to talk to Ryan Reynolds again and ask him my question. Filthy question. Um, (laughs) Now it's time for the big trailer on this week's episode of The Big Review Ski, because that's where we are. Uh, And it's over to Paul for The Big Trailer. What do you got? You know how to really start using the word big again. Uh, so summer months and weeks kind of coming ahead. Still loads of really good stuff to see. We've got The Lion King. We've got Spider-Man. Uh, we'll be chatting about it a bit. We've got It. But usually in the summer, there's a film that kind of comes out maybe towards the end that maybe is a bit under the radar, maybe mm. a bit counter, counter-programming. Uh, and from the looks of Ready or Not, I really tick my boxes. Actually, Rory sent it on to me and said, Paul, this is definitely you. So if you see this, you'll it probably really know is. why. Um, basically, it revolves around a young bride by, played by Samara Weaving, who is who Hugo's is niece. Not yes. Margot Robbie. Not Sorry, Margot I Robbie. Know. I know. Yeah. What? She's you know, the absolute spit of Margot Robbie. She looked identical You're to her. You're joking yeah. She was in Three Billboards. Now at the end, Frances McDormand's uh, bit of an asshole husband. Yes. Has a young oh, wife. Oh, yes. That's her. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. like Margot Robbie in that. No, but no. I was watching this earlier on my phone. I was like, this is Margot Robbie. Yep. It's not Margot Robbie. Yeah, I know. It's on radio. That's why you come to the uh, side. So what's, what's that actor's name? Uh, Samara Weaving. Hugo's, Samara Hugo Weaving. Weaving's niece. Oh, amazing. There you go. Oh, I miss what Rory said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll watch it back. The people can watch it back twice and get all its dialogue. Amazing. Uh, Two different conversations, <laughs> Two conversations. one show. Uh, so about the film, uh, she basically is a young bride, gets married into this kind of spooky-ass family, and she's a bit unsure of herself. They have, before the ceremony has to happen, there is a ceremony goes place. Basically, they're all out to kill her. It starts That's off it. like a game of hide-and-seek, yep. but it turns out it's quite murderous. Yeah. yeah. 
It is not what I thought to be the movie version of the Fuji song. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, Weird adaptation. Yeah. yeah. And I got a very uh, good vibe from a kind of a, a film that kind of went on the radar. Adam Wingard's uh, You're Next. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen a really good home invasion or with really tough, kick-ass uh, heroin in it. Uh, in terms of the cast here, you've got also Adam Brody, OC, Seth. Yeah. yeah. What's he been up to? Just not a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Growing some stubble by the looks of it. I saw him in Looper. That's ages ago. I, I, me- I remember seeing him in... Curfew was a Sky show he was Jennifer's in recently. Jennifer's Body? Yes, he was. Where he was like... Do you want the, the Maroon 5 money or do you want to sell your soul? Yeah, yeah. He, was yeah. Like, he was basically <laughs> that Maroon 5 guy. Yeah. And the OC. And we have... That's the last thing I remember. The ultimate 90s throwback, Andy McDowell. Of four Amazing. weddings and a funeral ilk. And this looks like four funerals and maybe a wedding. So it oh, looks really yeah. good. That's good. That's very, uh, I like very that. wow. So this is a look at uh, Very Wow. That's the way we're going to review <laughs> everything. <laughs> very very wow. wow. Take a look at this Very Wow clip for Ready or Not. I can't believe that in half an hour, I will be a part of the Ladomus Gaming Dynasty Empire. Uh, Dominion, we prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing. And then you are officially part of the family. So, at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really gonna play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere we then try to find you so there's no way for me to win right I mean, stay hidden till dawn <laughs> no thank you good luck this trailer had completely passed me by mm. until you mm. sent it on and were like check this one out no it passed like, me by till actually you already said this is you it looks i'm pretty great <laughs> <laughs> so you keep saying <laughs> it um it looks like it's going to be very very funny as well, and violent. yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. the trailer already has some accent bits of like just like nice Looney Tunes time. kind of violence. White yeah, dress definitely. is a bad choice, you know, because there's gonna be blood everywhere. <laughs> there oh, is a I split thought you meant, like, for a wedding. I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's allowed to yeah. wear. But uh, there is a shot, like a split second frame later, where she's like covered, like in the white yeah. dress, but like mm-hmm. covered in blood mm-hmm. spatter and stuff. It's like things and gonna that's get why gory. You don't get married. Because something like that might happen. Exactly. Uh, you've case. always said it. You've always said it, definitely. <laughs> and then what happens right. after you get married? You want to kill your kids. in-laws. <laughs> and kill and your What have I said about kids? <laughs> you hate murder. Rory hates kids. I hate, yeah. hate yeah. murder. She hates marriage. She hates marriage. Fair enough. Um, so ready or not, coming out. September 27th, so at the end of the summer months, so after you're uh, all tired out from seeing all the razzmatazz, you want to kill some people. So yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, now it's time for reviews of films that are out this week because that's the way the show works. And up first, it's the latest. Remember film. last week when your segues were really good? They were. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, yeah. I've, no, weather, I've only got the one. The weather good is week melting his brain. <laughs> that's that's what it. it is. Yeah. Um, <coughs> it's been too long since we've had a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, so uh, they've kindly. Minutes. <laughs> minutes. It's literally been. 10 minutes since the last one um, and they're bringing that one back anyway mm. but uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming um, which was an enjoyable film I mm. oh, it was great. really yeah. liked it one, yeah. of the, one of the better ones yeah with uh, Michael Keaton in it as I was going to say Birdman but that was his other <laughs> film as the Vulture uh, and of course Tom Holland uh, who's one of the superstars of the MCU now as well and this one was always going to be really interesting because 
Uh, it takes place immediately after the events of Endgame. Uh-huh. So we are obliged to say, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet, massive spoilers coming up. Yeah, like scroll forwards. You'll see on the thingy when we're no longer talking about it because the telly will have changed yes. to Another, yesterday. Yes. So just get, or if you're listening, then I don't know what's <laughs> I don't know what. Just go <laughs> away Stick for a your while. Fingers in your ears. Yeah. Um, so yes. Uh, before we hear the review of Spider-Man: Far From Home, here is a little clip of Tom Holland in action. Heads up, Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. The phone. Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk. To him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. What up, dorks? What's up? We're just talking about the trip. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh, I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. This is Mr. Beck. We could use someone like you on my world. New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. The snap to our hole in our dimension. You're saying there's a multiverse? We have a job to do. You're coming with us. So this one picks up more or less directly after the events of Avengers Endgame. Uh, like we said, we're going to be talking about some of the plot points of Endgame, so skip forward if you don't want to know anything. Uh, they reveal very early in this that yes, it is taking place in, in a timeline where... If you had been, we called it the snap tier because we're cool, but in the movie they call it the blip. The blip? The blip. And they come back. That's not as cool. It's not as cool. Mm. They come back five years having been gone, and when they come back, they blipped. And everyone else has aged those five years. So that actually is the case here. Um, And Peter Parker's like, you know what? I need to just hang out with MJ and my friend and go on the school trip. But. The arrival of the Elementals and the interdimensional Quentin Beck, who's played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who in the comic books is better known as Mysterio, um, means that Nick Fury arrives and recruits Spider-Man to help fight off these big villains. But all Spidey wants to do is just hang out and like chill, yeah. chill with the girl that he likes uh, while they go to like Paris and Prague and fancy places. Now Dublin. God damn it. No, now we're in Ireland. Any mead? Spider-Man and Nobber. What would he be swinging <laughs> off of Nobber? A cow, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. we've got. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's the plot that, without giving anything spoilery away. Yeah, no. Um, as we were saying, we are fans of Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, obligatory word home has to be in every Spider-Man uh film title, it seems from now on. I'm not sure actually how many Tom Holland has signed up for, but he is a super, he just seems to have nailed that uh, young, geeky, and even though it is years since he kind of made his first appearance, he still seems like just mm. that really young he's still, kind of like he, It doesn't seem like he's aged at all no. since Civil War. What age is he? 50. Jesus, <laughs> he's the new I mean, Paul if he was Rudd. there for the Civil War, like he's <laughs> yeah, been around. Exactly, but um, uh, does this live up to expectations after the kind of the highs of the first one? And it's basically, sorry, after the unbelievable highs of Endgame. See, that was the thing. See, one of the one of the things I really enjoyed about Homecoming was that it actually felt quite small. Um, mm. The biggest and most, I think, most shocking moments out of the entire history of the MCU so far was when Michael Keaton opened the door and you weren't expecting him to open the door. This was phenomenal. And that, like, to me, that was the biggest, like, 
like out of all 22 or three movies now that we've seen from the MCU. Um, so I'm going to start off with what I think is Far From Home's only, only problem is that it's actually, it feels a bit too big. I really enjoyed it when Spider-Man was the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man who was looking after his bit of New York. Where is in this, they actually mentioned it a few times. You're like, somebody actually says, I think verbatim, this is an Avengers-sized problem mm. we're dealing with. Mm. Um, so that is like, for me, the only the only downside is that it does feel like they're, they, they've hit such a, a bar in terms of scope and scale that they almost feel weird having Spider-Man be in an Ant-Man-sized movie, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. But, like, again, that's that's my only uh, nitpick in it. Like, he, Holland's great again. Zendaya is really, she's a more in a uh, bigger role in this. Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal is the reason everyone will go back and watch this film a second time. Because really? he's, he's delivering a performance that has, like, multiple levels uh, and, a, and a character that in the comic books, if anyone knows the comic books, his character goes a very specific way, uh, but it's impossible to do that character like that in in the modern day movies. So what they've done is something very very smart uh, in their interpretation of him. Um, and there are two post credit scenes. One of them is incredible, like absolutely jaw droppingly amazing, and it really sets up the future for the MCU for something very very interesting. And the other one. I think is going to be debated for so long until the next uh, official MCU movie comes out because it sets up a massive question mark over uh, over everything you've just seen. This is incredible. Yeah. I mean, not only just the film itself, but those two post-credit scenes because sometimes Marvel have used those as key kind of plot points, introducing new characters. Or sometimes it's just like, oh, it's a throwaway gag, like Captain America kind of doing like oh, one yeah, of those. Like, you know, yeah, stuff, exactly. Yeah. Which I think was the end of Homecoming. It was. Of Homecoming, yeah. Yeah. So you got caught in detention. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Um, it's great to hear that Zendaya has more of a role because her kind of sullen, mopey, but really smart teenager in the previous one uh, stole a whole bunch of scenes. Mm. And mm. Ned is great. Good guy to see him chair. back as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy in the chair. But it's... Really interesting to hear that about Jake Gyllenhaal as well because he's an interesting piece of casting uh, and obviously it's an interesting uh, kind of get up and there was a conversation around that whenever Thor, for you know, would people buy into the to the dress and the look mm. of Thor? Mm. He was coming from another world and things but it feels like maybe uh, there are those kind of uh, elements with Jake Gyllenhaal as well. But um, So you enjoyed it overall then? Oh yeah, like I, yeah. I'm really looking forward to going to see it again mm. because Brilliant. like I said, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot uh, that won't make a lot of sense till the film obviously is completely over. But when you if you go back to watch it a second time, you'd be like, "Oh right, I see mm. where you've set that up very smartly, and it pays off uh, very cleverly later on." Um, and yeah, and it does deal with the aftermath of Endgame uh, in a in a smart and emotional way as well. So there's there's a lot to like. Yeah, because since the end of Endgame, there's been so much airtime and writing and everything dedicated to like, but what about this? And what about that? And what's that going to be like? So it sounds like a lot of those questions uh, will be answered there as well. I okay. think there's a lot answered, and there's uh, like I said, there's a, it it sets up a whole new series of, of questions as well. Brilliant. Interesting. I was thinking there. Obviously, you were saying the scale is getting bigger. Mm. Just in your view, I was thinking immediately. Are Marvel now? I don't know. I've never seen. I haven't seen the film, but it's interesting. Are they positioning Spider-Man to be the core member of the maybe next group of Avengers? Because it would make sense in the sense that they obviously bought the rights. Kind of another Sony Marvel kind of distribution there. So 
and Spider-Man's such a massive property that to me, I was thinking, if I was kind of rebooting Avengers, so to speak, for the next generation, if they're doing it, who knows, it would either be Spider-Man or Black Panther, I would imagine, would be the, the marquee name well, to hang around. Brilliant to hear that uh, it's that exciting, it's that good, it's that smart and layered, mm. uh, and that it does set up so much uh, about the next phase or the next stages of the And MCU it's still very well. funny. And very funny as well. Because okay, Homecoming perfect. was... Yeah, at times, like really, really funny. Yes, and this it has some great uh, one-liners in it as well. Brilliant! Is, is, he, is he the best Spider-Man for you already? No. Oh, no. who have we got? We've got Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire <laughs> and uh, per Andrew Garfield as well. He just feels I liked like Andrew Garfield. No, I know. He was just in bad films. Mm. Spider-Man mm. films. Um, Spider-Man Two still absolutely uh, phenomenal from uh, that original trilogy, which was like not that long. So you're a Toby, last 10, Toby fanboy. Oh, well, I always love that because I remember the scene whenever Tobey Maguire was in the school corridor and the uh, the guy shoots, Flash shoots the like the wad of paper mm. out of the straw yeah. at him and it slowed down. I remember, yeah, to me, there was like a kind of a Matrix demo of like, I've never seen anything like <laughs> that before in the way. So like lots of, I remember those scenes so, so clearly. The yeah, kiss and the kiss, the of course, rain, like the upside iconic. down kiss, which is the only way I kiss people Same. from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the only way. It's, it's hard, a bit awkward, it's but it's worth difficult. it. It's yeah. worth it. You and Ryan Brown <laughs> rent the costume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have to wait till it rains. Um, but yeah, so Spider Man uh, Far From Home out in cinemas this week. So uh, I think everybody will <laughs> definitely be going to see that one. One of the other big releases this week, though, is Yesterday, which is a brand new film from Richard Curtis. Uh, the writer of films like Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Love Actually. And you've also got uh, Danny Boyle in there as director as well. He's got such a bonkers, mm. bonkers list of films um, from Sunshine, 28 Slumdog. Days Later. Like, what Slumdog. Slumdog. Slumdog, yeah. So, Chance, The Lifeless Ordinary. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and Yesterday, which is a, it seems like a romantic comedy musical about uh, or using the songs of the Beatles. So um, we will get to the review in just a second. And... Justine, I know you've got something to bring up as well. I do. But uh, here's a little look at yesterday. Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. When did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. No. Stop it. Yesterday. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes. I'm just uh, listening to Jack's new song. Oh, yeah! What's this one called? Uh, leave it be. Let it be. Well, rock on, Jack. So we were discussing the idea of the movie and I was on board because I love the Beatles. I was sure. like, can't wait for this to come out. But you were hesitant, Rory. I said I didn't like the trailer I at all. Know, I hated the idea of it. Yeah. I hate that premise. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very interested too. And you predicted and set your prediction of how you thought this movie was end. Mm. Uh, so confident In a very you? cynical way. Yeah. It's probably going to be this. Yeah. All right. So I am very intrigued <laughs> to see if that was what the actual ending was. Now you were saying that you thought the ending would be like a dream sequence, uh, that it was all a dream. Well, like the film starts with uh, Himesh Patel 
getting a smack of a bus yeah. yes. and going into a Sorry. coma. So he got into a fight with a bus. It is set up quite easily for, uh, what? And then everyone's like, no, it no, you're fine. Dream. You're just waking Sounds up like now. He's, uh, backtracking. Now, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm just explaining why <laughs> I, I feel it very easily could have been what I originally predicted the ending was going to be, which was Paul McCartney just like, saying like, oh, all you need is love. And then he's like, Bleh. and he goes back to his girlfriend. Song, dance. But, um, is that? It's not, it's not a hundred percent how I predicted <laughs> okay. it would end. When you see it, you'll say, you'll see that I wasn't completely, completely wrong. Yeah. But uh, what it did was actually a little bit smarter than how I <laughs> guessed it would go. Okay. Um, Yes, as I said, he's a he's a that's Hamish Patel. He's he's a struggling musician, smack of a buzz. Wakes up, <laughs> wakes up, and uh, he is the only person on earth who has any memory of the Beatles ever existing. Um, so he then starts to take the Beatles songs as his own because becomes we, we, hugely yeah popular. We, we, we mm-hmm. said this before. It's like you know where do you stand morally, ethically? If you discovered that you were the only person who knew the songs of the Beatles, would you take full advantage yep. oh, of it? Absolutely. 100%. Okay, yeah. lovely people. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's all four of us check. We would all take their money and yep. run. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yep. good to yep. know. Just need to clear um, that up. So yeah, like, there's, there's no like, would I? There's no, moral, there's no moral quandary here. It's like money, okay. Um, so he becomes super duper world famous, uh, but it begins to affect the relationship with his manager, who's played by Lily James, who I normally don't like. I don't like her normally. Really, really charming in this. Really, really enjoyed her in this film. Um, but because he, again, he all the trappings of fame and also he has the guilt of, <laughs> of becoming rich and famous based off the songs that he himself didn't write, um, it sets up a problem with this potential girl of his dreams that he didn't realise was right in front of him all along. Ah. Why could he not? Did he not watch the trailer for you yesterday? <laughs> Or any of her other films? Or any, <laughs> any film in any general. Film ever. <coughs> so, yeah, that's the plot. <laughs> so, uh, you were, as Justine said, a little bit cynical about it whenever it first mm-hmm. came around. Uh, a little bit dismissive. Yeah. Um, and I think Richard Curtis especially always gets a bit of a hard time from, from people, even though he has been... Uh, proven to create massive I think obviously his films are popular and sometimes people equate that with mm. um, not being fantastic mm. sure um, About Time is fantastic About oh, Time is yeah. a brilliant film legitimately a great great mm-hmm. film yeah is that Margot Robbie that's definitely Margot <laughs> Robbie in that one okay yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah clearly he's a very smart man smart writer and it seems difficult to go wrong with when you've got like the music of the Beatles in it, mm-hmm. even if you do have Ed Sheeran in your film yeah, as that well, was a, which mm-hmm. a lot of people were put off by. Yeah. Um, and it does feel like Ed Sheeran. Uh, it's a Game of Thrones thing all over again, it's, is it? See, Ed Sheeran, there's, there's a moment in it where he's like, Ed Sheeran's like, I guess, like I think he verbatim says, oh, I guess I'm not the world's greatest songwriter anymore. And I was like, oh, oh, oh Ed. Ed, do you believe that? And, and <laughs> like, But I think Ed Sheeran's in the movie playing what he believes to be a heightened narcissistic version of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. But I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're really like. So that just seems like it's Ed Sheeran playing Ed Sheeran. Fair. Um, but well, were, you, were, you, were you right to be as cynical as you were? Like, is it as no. cheesy and no. as... Yeah. 
but oh. in a really good way. Yay! Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I. I'm so happy for Justine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, I was looking. I, I uh, after I seen it, I went, I went on to Metacritic, and this has 55. And out of certain curiosity, I looked at about time, and it has 54. No way. Um, so there like is that's, it, that's its mark on it. Yeah. yeah okay. So there is like a weird uh, split where people are either five starring or one starring these films where they're like, I, I'm totally on board or this is immediately, ugh, no. Mm. And I was going in thinking I would be the latter and I ended mm. up uh, totally, totally loving it because it is really, really charming. It's so funny. It's, it's quite romantic. There's a, there's, a, there's a lovely feeling about it. The idea of the, the like, because initially you're like, oh, the, the Beatles isn't that... I know, obviously. Whoa, well, now where are you going uh, with this uh, sentence? <laughs> but you, you think Don't you like say anything about the Gallagher brothers. <laughs> but you think like it's it's just the Beatles. Like the world won't be that different. But oh. it's funny that they took out that by taking that out, it actually does have a butterfly effect on lots of other stuff that now no longer exists because they didn't exist. Um, so it's 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 handled pretty pretty well. There, there's. Two two problems. One is that you're, which <laughs> I don't have to go into. And two is that's just a life problem. I think that's, that's just have, existence. Yeah. Yeah. And then the two is even for a sappy saccharine rom com, the ending is just a bit too <laughs> my teeth. Aww. But uh, yeah, like aside from that, really, 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 really enjoyed it. I think we're going to love the end. Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like, what are you talking it. about? Um, perfect. Of course, like, Kate McKinnon's in there as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. She She's really, really funny. Uh, it does feel like sometimes she's acting in a different film to everyone else because she's a nasty uh, talent agent. Uh, and all she does for the entire film is, like, bluntly insult uh, uh, the, the lead character. And she's really, really funny, but... It does feel like she's acting out an SNL sketch while everyone else is acting out a mm. Richard Curtis movie. Okay. Um, Himish Patel, who is the lead, mm. um, haven't really seen him in anything before. I think he's just been signed up for a new Armando Iannucci project as well. Oh, dear. Um, who Life was saying, David Car- Carperfield? I think so. And he was but he's saying, in the EastEnders or something, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah. Right, okay. Another comedy as well <laughs> but um, but his comic timing uh, seems to be excellent from the trailer as well. Like, But is he... Like make a good impact. In the yeah, legal. yeah, he does. Like even, even when the f- when the film makes him not so much the bad guy, but when he's like enjoying his newfound fame, um, and he kind of falls into the trappings of forget what, what come ego from. and yeah. all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, like he, you're still on his side, which is hard to do because mm. you can't like cross the line. You're like, no, no, we're done. Um, but yeah, he does. He does keep you on his side. Throughout, uh, and I think it it actually comes down to the fact that now I've said this like I'm, I'm not I'm not the world's biggest Beatles fan, but it, he is playing the character so well with his genuine love for their music that you kind of can't you kind of can't blame him for the for the decisions he makes throughout the film. Uh, but yeah, it's. Um, surprisingly really really good it's a winner brilliant happy days I suppose with having Danny Boyle in there as director as well you know that's the other thing he he uh, it's one of the best looking rom-coms because it, it doesn't hint at it too much in the trailer but like every now and again there'll be like a Danny Boyle camera move where you're like oh yeah Danny Boyle directed this because <laughs> yeah. the camera's just like yeah. like goes off on an angle um, or he'll do something interesting with like graphics or whatever but yeah 
Brilliant. So two absolute oh. crackers out this week. Spider-Man Far From Home and yesterday. Woohoo! Double trip to the win, cinema. Win, yeah. Happy days. And uh, and it's nice to see you having some emotions this week as well. That's brilliant, Rory. Delighted. It's a lot of progress. Sadness is an emotion. <laughs> then anger. I'm feeling Disapp- anger here as well. We're just naming uh, the Inside Out characters now. Um, just whenever you mentioned Metacritic there, uh, I forgot to say at the weekend, my daddy actually said something that I wanted to what? bring up. But yeah, he was asking Father. me about <laughs> Toy Story 4. <laughs> and he was watching the review of Toy Story 4 last week. And he was like, oh, I actually... He was like, I read that it was getting a lot of brilliant reviews as well. And I was like, oh, where were you seeing those? He was like, I was on Squash Tomato there, and they um, <laughs> they had a really good oh, a really good market there as well. So, so it's normally my mommy who says, <laughs> my daddy took full ownership of that one. So Squash Tomatoes is what we'll be referring to from now on. Um, now it's time for this week's <laughs> uh, competition. Uh, so we've got our high clue uh, from last week. We'll reveal the answer of that, and uh, we've got some Omniplex tickets to give away for that one. But coming up this week, we do have a very special and spooky screening of Annabelle Comes Home, and I think Annabelle herself is going to be present at that screening. She, as well. she well, never does press screenings. No, I know. I mean, this She's is a really big deal, everybody. Yeah. Big deal. Um, She's tough to interview. Yeah. <laughs> really wants to take control of the room. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. she. What's um, next for the Conjuring Universe? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Tight lipped. Producers love her. But she is uh, going to be around next week at that screening that we'll be holding in Omniplex in Rathmines in Dublin. We do have tickets to give away for that. But before we get to that, Competition High Clue. Let's take a look at last week's one. Um, so it was Innocent Kingpin, Dangerous Mind Confesses, Acrobatic Mouse. And uh, not a, not a, I, I just I, got that just now. Just there now? Just now. I yeah. spent too much time mm. trying to think of Michelle Pfeiffer movies. Oh, yes. My mind, mind originally was on Bill Murray Kingpin, but now I just completely realise it's from yes. the Kingpin from a comic book film. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. So, because... I thought this one was going to be particularly easy. Uh, there weren't that many correct answers, but I do want to say congratulations to I do have your real name here, but I prefer your, your online name, which was Grizzly Murphy. Ooh. So a big congratulations to Grizzly That's Murphy. That's a cool name. Isn't it? Yeah. I like the, like, even Just bigger. I know. What's his or her name? Grizzly. Sean. Sean O'Murphy. Grizzly yeah. Moore. Like what an amazing name that would be. <laughs> Grizzly Cashin. <laughs> <laughs> there was an even bigger congratulations. Grizzly Stafford. <laughs> that, like works. That. that works. I too. really like yeah. that. Big fan of that. Another congratulations. Grizzly Darty. GD. Mr. and Mrs. Murphy, who named their son Grizzly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big shout out to his brothers and sisters, Panda, Polar, and... That's a great rapper name, Grizzly. 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 Pushed the joke too far. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Reel it back in. Anyway, you won those tickets. Uh, yeah. So, Innocent Kingpin, Dangerous Mind Confesses, Acrobatic Mice. Oh, Paul, if you just got it, what is the answer? That would be the adaptation of Frank Darabont's The Green Mile. Or hey. yeah, it is yeah. The Green Mile. Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King's The Green Mile. Stephen King, yeah. but directed by Frank, Frank Darabont. Darabont. Yeah. Um, yes. So the explanation behind that one was, yes, Kingpin in the first line was a reference to Michael Clark Duncan, Duncan who yeah. played Kingpin. And he was innocent. In Frank, Frank Coffey, is that his name? Uh, yes. yes. Uh, he was innocent in both senses of the word, where he's kind of childlike, and he's also innocent of the crime that they think he's committed. Dangerous Mind Confesses was a really, uh, in reference to Sam, Sam Rockwell, because um, he confesses, again, Michael Clark Duncan has that kind of telepathic connection with him, and he, he Sam Rockwell's character tells him that he that he 
committed the awful crime. Uh, so he's a dangerous mind as well because he's a killer. And he was also in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. And then the final line, Acrobatic Mouse, was does exactly what it says in the tin. It was Mr. Jingles, what? who's the little mouse uh, in the film. And he performs his little circus tricks as well. Um, so that was it. The Green Mile. Yeah. Great job. Good Everyone. work, everybody. <laughs> Good work. Well done, Grizzly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Well done, Grizzly. Um, now, though, it's time for this week's competition, High Clue. So, um, as I said, we have those tickets for Annabelle Comes Home up for grabs. So you'll be able to enter that uh, on Joe. So keep an eye out for it. Mm, okay, you ready? You ready? Don't know. <laughs> okay. Are we ever? Hit me. Gail's days are numbered. His crowning delivery... Red and Black's suspect. How are we doing on the count? Yeah. Okay. Checks well, out. Did, are yeah. you actually counting? Mean, I am. As well as you know, I am. I, am. I, I take like, this seriously. Like, very simple. Very. <laughs> <laughs> so Gail's days are numbered. His yeah. crowning delivery, Red and Black suspect. Uh, for everybody who's listening, it's Gail's, uh, G-A-L-E, apostrophe S. Uh, Gail's days are numbered. His crowning delivery, Red and Black's suspect. Mm. Black's has a capital B. And it's black apostrophe S as well. So it's harder. Do you think it's harder than last year? Okay. Okay. Rory, you look like you something on the tip of your tongue. I have it. You have it? (gasps) Yes. Yep. Okay. You've won two tickets (laughs) to go and see Annabelle comes home. But I have to bring Annabelle. You have to, yeah. She gets a VIP (laughs) seat and Grizzly as well. He's coming with us. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it uh, for this week's show. Uh, Thanks to Justine. Thanks to Rory. Thanks to Paul as well. And to Buzz. And to Buzz, of course. Thanks to Alan on sound and Fiona on visuals as well. Um, Less fruity this week. Less fruity. There's still a lot of time to make make it up if you'd like. You need to get one of our five a day, guys. Yeah. And what what have we got next week? Oh, (gasps) coming soon on the Big Review Ski. We have the stars of Spider-Man Far From Home. uh, Tom Holland. Ned, who is played by Jacob Batalon. Batalon. Uh, who looks completely different just because he's completely bald uh, in real life and is wearing like kind of goldy looking chain chains. Okay. Uh, and you've also got Zendaya oh. as well. Uh, so they're going to be coming up on next week's show. Um, very excited uh, to hear from them because they've obviously got an amazing film to promote by the signs of it as well. They sure do. So they have got form. lots to talk about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you next week. That, that it? Anything else? Yeah. Any? Well, I'm going to go see yesterday, right? Okay. But I'm going to oh. see it on Saturday. And I'm going to ask people, oh, when did the film come out? And then people will say... My head hurts. Yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> the <Nice>. film time. <laughs> I was going to ask God. people to subscribe, but I feel like... We don't deserve that. They're subscribing anyway after that. Yeah. (laughs) See you later. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. You're listening to The Big Review Ski on Joe. Brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas.